0: Good afternoon, and thanks so much for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference. I'm Kimberly Shirk. I'll be your moderator for today's show. And I'm joined, as always, by co-authors Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage, our experts on management techniques, the research behind them, and why effectively implementing them can really make a difference in your organization. So today's show is going to focus on chapters 69 and 70 of the book, Managing to Make a Difference. And we've entitled this section the same as the new segment and last segment of the book, Invest in Your Own Growth. And I'm super excited about this episode. I think it's um, a topic that we all need to uh, consider, uh, reflect on. And it's the perfect time of year as we kind of wrap up 2017 and head into 2018 to, to think about our own development and what that means. What comes to mind for you, Larry?
1: Well, what comes to mind for me in the first place is that many of us are fortunate to have in our lives mentors, parents, teachers, coaches, uh, neighbors, uh, people who uh, we are close to and who invest in our development, and as and that's that's always a blessing, and it can be very impactful to our development. But in this uh, section we are pointing out to people that you need to be responsible for your own development. It's, it's great to have these people who might invest in your, in your growth and, and uh, some of those people might even be your boss at work. Uh, but the point is whether or not you have these people, you need to be in charge of your own development and you need to take responsibility. You need to act proactively to develop yourself in the direction that you want to go. Uh, and I'm just, I'm remembering about uh, a seminar participant where I was conducting an exercise on on this exact topic, your own growth and development. And she shared this technique with me. And uh, some of our listeners may want to uh, try this one out. She said, and she was probably eh, right around uh, 30, early 30s maybe. And she said that she had a picture of herself when she was 12. And that picture was on her bathroom mirror. So she would look at that picture every day. And one of the questions that she asked herself was this, would that 12-year-old girl be proud of the woman I have become? Would she be proud of how I'm living my life and uh, and all the other things that go along with that? And I, I, obviously, I was struck by that. This occurred years ago, and I wish I remembered that woman's na- name. I don't, I, but I give her all the credit in the world. What a wonderful technique to to evoke and stimulate self-reflection so that's what comes up for me
0: it seems like a um, a kind of a simplistic statement that you need to be in charge of your own investment but i actually think that's um it's a new concept or a concept maybe we push to the back of our mind or we don't think about every day kim um, your thoughts on um, just the, not, not even the relevance, but the fact that people don't always think about investing in and strategizing around and putting goals toward their own development.
2: Yeah, I think that there's a point in your career where that becomes... Um, it sort of suddenly becomes true for you, and you realize it, and then you make that pivot. And and it's, it seems obvious once you get it, but it it's also isn't obvious until you get it. Because you, you spend a certain portion of your life with people sort of almost like walking up to you and investing in you. You know, you have teachers, and it's like that's their job. Um, your parents do it. Your first bosses do it because they're teaching you and training you about how to do this job. Um, there are times in your life where it's very natural for people to approach you and invest in you, and there comes a time in your life where you make that pivot and you realize, you know what, if I'm going to get that There are fewer people who are going to be approaching me to do it, and I'm going to have to take charge of it, and I'm going to have to find those people and be proactive about building those relationships so that they will help me grow. And that's what I think is really important about what we're talking about today, this idea of developing yourself It's not like we're saying it happened with mentors before and now it's going to happen without. It's not going to happen in the absence of your relationships with other people. What happens is that you're going to have to be more intentional about defining those relationships, initiating those relationships, actively cultivating them so that you continue to get the development that you need to keep growing.
1: You know, what... what. What's coming up for me as I listen to you say that is the acknowledgement that in today's fast-paced worlds, there are a lot of organizations who do not encourage their managers and supervisors to spend as much time mentoring their employees And these organizations are focusing on, uh, they want employees to develop themselves. And in addition to the the kinds of uh, initiatives that you described, Kim, it's also what courses do I want to take? What books do I want to read? And when you start, whether it's developing relationships with people who can be helpful to you, or whether it's deciding that you need to to read the following three books. What you need to do then is make time for these things. And then we get into, and we've covered this in, in previous podcasts, the difference between the important and the urgent. Because these self-development activities rarely fall into the category of being urgent. They're important but not urgent. And unless you proactively write into your calendar... I am going to spend time on this on Thursday afternoon uh, for two hours. Unless you block that, it might escape you and you might get through the whole week and not make time to attend that webinar or, or read a section of that book or do whatever. It so happens that I've been involved recently with, with interviewing for Talent Plus. That's the company we all work for. I've been involved with interviewing people in the IT world. And uh, I just realized as I was listening uh, to Kim Turnage, I just realized every single one of these people that we're interviewing are very, very focused on self-development because they're in a world where the next language comes out, the next functionality comes out, the next this comes out, and they just take it for granted that they are going to self-educate themselves to continue to develop themselves uh, and, and put themselves in a position where they can add more and more value. So they learn the new programming language. They learn, I don't even have the language to describe what it is they're learning. But nevertheless, I just realized that to an individual, every candidate we have interviewed just takes it for granted that if they're going to learn that thing, nobody's going to walk up to them, tap them on the shoulder and say, okay, let me show you how to how to do this, that they're always engaged in that. And I think that's a good model for all of us to keep in mind.
0: And what I think is, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time on this program talking about m- managers being able to develop their team and how can you help work with your team. I think um, we need to flip the model just a little bit and have individuals consider that if their manager has a team of 20 there's no possible physical way for them to get their job done and take care of all of your personal development as well and as a manager the best way you can help your team to grow is to continue to develop yourself and so by by showing that example by um leading with that example i think you inspire members of your team to want to take ownership of that development
1: and, well, and uh, i think that
2: in the i sorry larry go on, no, i please. think that in the ideal world what happens is that that self-development is happening, and there's a conversation about how it fits with the team, how it fits with the larger goals of the team and the organization and that manager. And hopefully, as you're saying, Kim, the, the manager who's modeling that is talking about that with his or her team members as well. So there's some conversation around it.
1: And I was going to add that I know a lot of listeners will be saying to themselves, I would love to do that. I just don't have the time. And this is when the Nike slogan has to be implemented. Just do it. The world will not s- stop spinning on its axis if you decide that you are going to make time to invest in your own growth and development. This is not a new idea, ladies and gentlemen. If you read Stephen Covey's Sr.'s wonderful book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. He has a whole section in the book on exactly this topic and the importance of this topic. So this is, uh, this is absolutely not a new idea, but what Kim Turnage and I are, are saying in this book is if you want to make a difference in the lives of the people you care about, Focusing on your own development and understanding that nobody is just going to give this to you out of the out of the goodness of their heart, that you're going to have to focus on it yourself. Uh, you will make a bigger difference in the lives of the people around you if you also take care of your own development.
0: And I don't feel like there's a um, an age limit, a career limit on this in terms of. Um no one's ever fully developed, right? So there, there is no cap on this. There is no ceiling that you ever hit in terms of your development.
1: No, typically when you get into any field of study, the more you learn, the more questions you have, and the more curious you become uh, to, to learn even more things. So you're right, uh, there, there, is no, there is no ceiling on this.
0: So, we're well, gonna take a self qu- leadership issue for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so we're gonna take a quick break. Um sorry to cut you off there, Kim, but we're gonna come back with right. more conversation about this and investing your own growth, growth. Um, as we take a break, I want to just remind you that if you want to purchase copies of managing to make a difference for your team, and your field of managers, especially as we go into this new year, this would be a great time to log on to 800 CEO Read and have them brand copies just for your company um, to explore these issues and walk through them together in the new year. So we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with Managing to Make a Difference.
3: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network.
4: asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how? Join Talent Plus on-site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you. Leadership Toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values.
0: Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. We have been talking today about chapters 69 and 70 of the book Managing to Make a Difference. Uh, The section that we've entered into is the seventh section of the book, and it's entitled Investing in Your Own Growth, and we've had some interesting discussion just about what self-development is and right before the break we kind of touched on self-leadership and Kim I wondered if you'd go ahead and explore that topic a little bit more for us.
2: Yeah this just reinforces what we've been talking about in in that first segment and the idea is that you spend a lot of time with other people leading you and the highest level of leadership is self-leadership and it's it's defining for yourself yourself how you're going to spend your time, what your goals are going to be, how you're going to go about achieving them. And everybody needs to have some level of self-leadership. And the higher that you get into the hierarchy of leadership within an organization, the more clear it becomes that you're the only one who's going to define that for yourself because there really isn't anyone else to look to to do it for you. So the longer you practice, the better you're going to be at it.
1: And as a matter of fact, uh, some parents and people in other, in other uh, positions of authority uh, sometimes overdo it with dictating to you what that's going to mean for you. And this is how people get, uh, get into professions that they really don't like. It's because their parents expected them to be an X or a Y and they decided to comply with that and they're miserable.
0: I, I think you could take that to that parenting level, too. You know, as a parent, I, there used to be uh, the answer, you know, because I said so. <laughs> and as my children grow older and I contemplate them going off to college and becoming who they're going to be, the the question doesn't or the statement does evolves to who do you want to be and and more exploring like you have to make those choices. I can't make those choices for you. And I think um, that's a discovery process for probably every parent. Um, that has watched their children grow up and and grow out of the house
1: um, I, I'm sure that's true. And so I, I want to move to the uh, to the related question of defining what success means for you. Uh, each individual has to define what does success mean for me and and again, we're we're certainly not the only people who who talk about this. Lots of people write about this and talk about this. And, and there are various roles that we play in our lives. We might be a spouse. We might be a friend. We might be a, a sibling. Uh, we're a child. We have parents. We have grandparents. We, uh, you know, you have a role at work. And you may have more than one role at work, as a matter of fact. And, and it's possible to ask yourself this question in, in this specific role as a parent. What does success look like for me in my job at work? What does success look like for me? Uh, and and integrating the answers to all those questions. And and I'm I'm remembering uh, one of my friends who is probably not listening to this podcast, but I hope I hope, but Dan Camp, that you that you uh, do occasionally listen to this, and and uh, that you remember that in the '70s, you and I were opening the Hyatt Regency uh, in New York which uh, happens to sit on top of Grand Central Station. And uh, this was Dan's first trip to New York City. And and uh, he fell in love with the city. And I remember we were up in a hotel room sharing some conversation and some wine. And he made the statement that he was going to become the general manager of the number one hotel in New York City. And let me tell you, that is that is a very ambitious goal. And uh, from that moment on, every decision Dan made in his career was in service of, well, is this gonna move me closer to that goal or is or not? And I saw him turn down a, an extremely lucrative job, but the job would have been a detour. Uh, from his ultimate goal. And uh, I, I always admired him for turning down that job because it was a lot of money. And, and he would have been good at it and he would have enjoyed it. Uh, it wasn't one of those. So it, 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 But it didn't move him toward the goal and might have impeded his achievement of the goal. And by the way, he did achieve that goal. He became the general manager and later the president of the Carlisle Hotel which arguably at the time when he was there, very arguably was in fact the number one hotel in the entire city of New York. Uh, so that's what success meant for him. And, and, you know, that didn't ring my chimes, but, you know, those weren't my chimes. And, and so we all have to decide what does success uh, mean for you. And then you can answer the question, uh, if I want to be there, what do I have to do to get there? And that, there comes your self-development. If I want to be a vice president in my organization, what are the kinds of things I need to learn? What are the areas in which I need to grow? And you don't have to just sit in a, in a room by yourself and answering these questions. You can go out and ask people. Uh, What do you think about the answers to these questions? And ultimately, it's your responsibility to decide uh, how you're going to proceed. But you can certainly get input from a wide variety of sources while you are deciding how you're going to go about achieving that success. But that is entirely up to you. I mean, another example of that uh, is I'm going to talk about uh, my my co-author here, Kim Turnage, and me. When we decided we were going to write this book, we were getting plenty of advice about what what format would make the book more likely to be commercially successful. What topics might lead to uh, a great deal of commercial success? In other words, selling a lot of books and and uh, Uh, we had some honest conversation and we decided that we weren't going to define success based on how many books we sold, that we were going to write a book that we were proud of because the book would be valuable and it would make a difference in the lives of the managers who read the book. That was our goal. So we decided what success meant to us and Uh, we never, we never thought about commercial success. We agreed that, you know, we're going to write, we're going to, it's like a work of art. We're going to put it out there and we're not in charge of whether society, (laughs) what kind of value society places on it. But we want to be at peace with ourselves that we produced a good and valuable piece of work. Kim, you want to add anything to that?
2: I I think that you've done a great job of of telling two stories that help illustrate what this looks like. And as you're walking through those stories, what occurs to me is that square one for self-development, square one for defining what success means to you, is to know yourself. So that level of self-awareness to know how do you define what success looks like is critical. And I I like how you talked about that it doesn't necessarily happen in a vacuum. You're going to be talking to other people about it. You're going to be getting input from people you trust who know you to help you develop that level of self-awareness. But you have to make that investment because that's where that comes from.
1: And uh, as we are... Approaching our next commercial break, one of the things I want to do when we come back is ask a question or two of our moderator, Kim Shirk, uh, because she has uh, a a very uh, powerful and moving uh, example on answering the question, what does success mean to you? And I want to make sure that we spend some time on that because that's going to add uh, some depth and richness to this conversation.
0: Definitely taken me to another space uh, just with that intro. So we'll definitely do that in the second segment. Before we take our break, though, I do want to remind you that we should visit our website manage to make a you're going to find additional materials there exercises that go along with what we're talking about in each of these podcasts, as well as the information you need to order books for your team. And I want to encourage you as well. Um, you know, I have the benefit of sitting beside Larry each week to moderate these and to gather great information from him. And he is a phenomenal speaker. And he does a wonderful job at really crafting and cultivating a message directly to what teams need to be working on. And so if you have an upcoming event, if you have a speaking engagement, if you have a management training program that you're looking forward to in 2018, and you want a phenomenal speaker to really come and hit home the management issues you want your team to look at this coming year, I hope you'll consider reaching out to Larry. You can just email us with that email podcast button uh, right above the podcast description and we'll get that information to larry and he'll be able to reach out to you and contact you but um it's an opportunity that i don't think you want to miss and um and i want to encourage you to to um put some thought around that put some self-reflection around what do you want to do to move your team forward next year um as a personal manager and as a team um, so that that organization can move forward and to consider that so we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with managing to make a difference
3: America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
4: When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values.
3: Spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at vapresspass.com. That's vapresspass.com. VA PressPass by Voice America. All access all the time. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
1: Hello, this is Larry Sternberg, and welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference. I am welcoming you back because... I am going to turn the tables on our moderator, Kim Shirk, and I'm going to ask her a few questions about defining what success means for yourself. As we have discussed in the first two segments of this podcast, we want all of you to take charge of your own development, and in order to do that, you have to start by visualizing what success means to you. And we've told a couple of stories about that. I want people to understand that as you go through your life, the answer to the question of what success means to you is going to change. When you're in grade school, and you answer that question, it's very different than when you're in college. It's very different than when you just got engaged to be married. It's how you've had your first child. As you go through life, your answer to that question, what does success mean to me, is going to change. And and the reason that I'm turning the tables on Kim Shirk here is because Kim experienced a horrible freak accident uh, that caused her to be electrocuted, and she sustained such significant injuries. How long did it take for you to just get out of the hospital?
0: Oh, I was in a medically induced coma for about a month, and it was probably two and a half months before I could get out of the hospital for a day.
1: So, uh, and, and you can read about this, by the way. Kim Shirk has written a book. What's the title of the book? Uh, Remote Fears and Silver Linings. And uh, it's, it's a really uh, inspirational book. And uh, we, we encourage you to Google that. And uh, if you want to give somebody a gift this Christmas, that's inspirational. Uh, believe me. Uh, They will thank you for this book. So with respect to our topic today and defining what success means for you, before we started this podcast, I asked Kim, when you were in that hospital bed, if I had asked you the question of what success means to you, at that point in time, what would you have said?
0: You know, I think when I first woke up from my accident, the answer was live another day, truly. Truly. And as, you know, I had uh, 28 surgeries in four and a half years. And as that progression happened, I think my definition of success would be, can I get through physical therapy today? Can I make it through the next surgery? Can I learn how to walk again, talk again, swallow again? So at that point in my life, and it's been 20 years ago, but sometimes seems like yesterday, uh, it, it was a very different definition of success that, then you might ask of me today.
1: What would you say today?
0: Oh, a challenging question. You know, I, uh, when I think about success for me, it is right in line with what you and Kim have done beautifully in this book, Managing to Make a Difference. It's to make a significant difference in the life of every single person that I touch. And that, that means sharing my story because it's inspirational and it's shocking and it's surprising and it makes people sit up and take notice, um, that's what I'd want to do. But I try and do that in everything that I do. I try and put in full effort so that whatever interaction you have with me is significant in some way.
1: You know, one of the things you you said brings up uh, an additional point about success. Uh, you, you said uh, at one point it would have been, uh, just survive another day, and, and as you progressed, it would have been get through physical therapy today, et cetera, et cetera. And this is advice that is given in numerous books about how to become successful. Namely, break it down when you get up in the morning. Ask yourself what would success look like if I had the best day ever today, given given my context of today. If I had the best possible day I could have, what would that look like today? And see if you can hit that. And by the way, I'm not saying I do that. It would be wonderful if we could all get up and do that every day. And maybe there are people who do it. But the more we can take our, our long-term vision of success and break it down to what do I have to do today in order to make that successful, you might make different choices. Uh, about what you're going to do today. Kim Turnage, what are you thinking about?
2: I'm thinking about that contrast between what are you going to do today versus what are you aiming toward. And I'm thinking about the story you told about your friend in the last segment um, that, that had such a clear vision of, of what the future would look like and so could make every short term decision aimed in that direction. And, you know, not everybody has that very specific. Um, picture, but what Kim Shirk just articulated is the kind of thing that each person I hope can come to as that big picture, what am I aiming for? For Kim, it's I want to make a difference in the life of every person that I interact with. What is it for you? How do you figure out what that big picture looks like? And then, as you said, Larry, it's so important once you know that to translate that into, well, how does that inform what I do today? How does it inform the decision I make about how I'm going to spend my time this week? And take it out of that big picture and bring it into the practical day-to-day.
1: That's not so easy to do. Uh, and, no. and we, I, I just want everybody who's listening to, to know that we are aware that that's not so easy to do. And I think when somebody is going through a difficult and challenging time in their life, uh, focusing on one day at a time can relieve someone of the burden of, of maybe some crushing challenge that they have to get through if they think about, okay, if I, if I just did great today. What would it look like? And I'll, I'll worry about doing great tomorrow. I'll worry about that tomorrow. And as long as you have chosen things to do today that are likely to move you closer to your end goal, uh, it can make it easier to, to get through that. And I, I know because I have people in my life who struggle with alcohol addiction that there are times when they just want to get through the next two hours Uh, and not take a drink and but that can become and they and they know what that leads to that in the long term that leads to uh, long-term sobriety and and all kinds of other blessings that they will then have in their life so I think that that's an important insight we've we've come to here and it certainly isn't one we we created it's an insight that a lot of wise people have pointed out to people about how do you move from where you are to where you want to be.
0: And I think it's important Kim, that, go ahead, Kim.
2: I just want to say that we're grateful to you for sharing your story today and, and helping put that into relief
0: for us so that we can see that in someone else's life. Thank you. Oh, thanks for that. Yeah, I, um, I appreciate the opportunity always. Um, I, I think it's important. And, and what it leads me to think about is in order... To contemplate the strategy of moving forward to what the next step is, whether it's one day at a time or one step at a time, you really have to take some time to self-reflect. And in today's fast-paced society, that is not an easy thing to do, to carve out the time to really think, what has The past year, and this is a perfect time to do it, what has the past year looked like? Where have my priorities been? Where has my time been spent? Where has my money been spent? Um, What have I done this past year that looks like success? And how do I mirror that going forward by putting that strategy in place? And so that's definitely one of the things I'd like to explore is how do you carve out that time for self-reflection and what does that look like?
1: Well, the way you carve it out is you plan it into your week. Uh, And numerous wise people have pointed out that uh, something can be important but not urgent. And the urgent is always crowding out the things that aren't urgent. And we can get We can get distracted by the emails coming in, the texts, the Facebook posts, the uh, 24-hour online news cycle from a wide variety of organizations that are pushing information at us uh, at any given time. It's so easy to become distracted. So the way to do this is you just have to decide that you're going to set aside some time. And, I, and you don't think you have that time. And I'm here to tell you, you do if you will make a habit of setting it aside. Say, I'm not going to look. I'm going to turn my phone off for the next two hours. And if you're having a hard time turning your phone off for the next two hours, now I understand there are exceptions to this. You may be a doctor. You may, you know, there may be some big emergency going on. You can't do it today. But if you can never do it, then you have to ask yourself some questions. This is a decision. It's, it's, there are lots of cop-outs about not doing it, but honestly, it's a decision. If you decide to make time for this, you can make time for it. The world will not quit spinning on its axis.
0: I think that's one of the best pieces of advice you've ever given me. If you, if it's that important, you will make time for it, and it rings in my head consistently. And I think about it as, um, you know, you alluded to the story of the girl that has the picture of her 12-year-old self. And when I sit at my desk, I literally have a picture of a sunset in front with, um, with power lines in front of it. My accident was in, involving power lines. And when I'm having a crazy day, and I'm thinking I'm never gonna get this done, and I'm stressed, and I'm pushed to the limit, then I will look at that picture, and I will think, "Look, you're alive. <laughs> you're here. You're doing good things. Take a deep breath, and and it'll all I'll we'll figure it all out. And I think just that moment, that visual cue that I leave at my desk every single day because I know that it takes me back to what's really important, helps me move forward. So I hope that as the managers think about this, they can think about what success looks like in their personal life, what successes look like for them professionally, and maybe even come up with one of those visual cues that can help them move forward. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be in our last segment of Managing to Make a Difference. We've been talking about chapters 69 and 70 of the book, Managing to Make a Difference. And in this book, it's chock full of lessons and experiments. And we hope that you can really take away some of these bullet points and nuggets, put them into place right away, and help move your organization forward. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
3: business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network
4: asked to manage your teams but wonder when or how join talent plus on site with us or at your corporate office for a seminar built just for you leadership toolbox focuses on individual engagement, talent and fit, team dynamics and growth, and creating a strength-based culture. This interactive seminar-style format is just the set of tools you need for world-class team performance starting now. Reserve your spot today at talentplus.com. When managers make a significant impact, their teams are engaged, motivated, and excited. They love what they do. When those people work for you, you get results. Results matter, and people drive results. At Talent Plus, we've assessed millions of people over decades using our rigorous science to predict successful on-the-job performance and cultural fit with an organization's mission, vision, and values.
0: Welcome back to Managing to Make a Difference with Larry Sternberg and Kim Turnage. We've been talking today about chapters 69 and 70 in the book, Managing to Make a Difference. And we want to call your attention to literally page 266. So if you have your copy sitting in front of you, you can flip right there and uh, read along with us. But I mentioned there are lessons and experiments throughout this book that you can take away. And what we really want to do in this last segment is really explore the experiment on page 266. So Larry, do you want to intro us to this experiment?
1: Sure. It's called know thyself, which by the way is, uh, uh, the advice, uh, uh, that uh, the Oracle of Delphi used to give in ancient Greece. Uh, Socrates was known for consulting the Oracle of Delphi, and Socrates was one of the smartest people who ever lived. Um, so, in any event, know thyself. So, we've been talking about the 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 understanding that success is defined differently by each person. So what's success for you is going to be different than what's success for me, and that's the way it ought to be. So we want to give people some practical help, and how do you even go about thinking about answering that question, what does success look like for me? And so uh, we've got a series of 12 questions, and if you spend some time answering these 12 questions, it's a very practical way to get started on answering that question, what does success look like for me? And uh, I'm going to read I'm going to read these questions and, and Kim Turnage just uh, and also Kim Shirk just hop in here and make any remarks that you want to make. And th- there's some overlap in these questions. So, uh, you know, each question is a stimulus and the different wording uh, makes the synapses fire a little bit differently. So do uh, don't. Uh, don't be overly concerned about the fact that the questions have some overlap and a little bit of redundancy. Uh, That's intentional. It's not a mistake. So question number one, what kind of person do I want to be? And when you start answering this question, you don't have to have big, profound thoughts. Just Jot down whatever comes to your mind. Uh, That'll be helpful and it'll be very authentic. This is not a a test in school. Nobody is going to judge your answers. The answers you give to these questions are the answers that are right for you. Uh,
2: If you're going to start answering these questions, you can think about this as it could be a list of adjectives. Uh, it, It could be a list of people who you'd like to be like and some of the qualities that they have had as an example for you. And so there's lots of different ways to approach it and there's no right or wrong.
1: So the next question is what's important to me? Again, again, you know yeah, it, there are no right or wrong answers it could be your family it could be making a lot of money it could be being famous it, and uh, you know there's just no wrong answers uh, and so just jot them down some themes will emerge as you start to answer these questions and that's question. a good.
2: that's a good point Larry that there will be some themes as you maybe make a list of the things that are important to you and I might give one piece of advice on this. Try to get to your top three, because the reality is that if everything's important, then nothing's important. And so if you can decide what are my top three priorities, you have a a set of things you're gonna say yes to, and then a set of things that aren't in that set. And it helps.
1: Great. Question three is, and there's plenty of overlap here, Here's the question. In my heart of hearts, what do I value most? Again, it's a different stimulus and you may get some different uh, answers than you got to the first two questions. Question four, what do I want to accomplish? Different stimulus. Question five, what do I stand for? Uh, that's a question I particularly like and. Uh, I, I, it's a question I like to ask candidates when I'm interviewing, what do you stand for? It's always interesting to see what that evokes from people. What example do I want to set? Being a role model is a very powerful way to influence other people. Uh, Number seven, what values do I want to embody? Again, uh, as you're listening, you can hear there's a lot of overlap here. Uh, number eight, not much overlap on this one. What are my gifts and strengths? Uh, you, you've got to know uh, what's what's right about you, and that's what you can use to accomplish all these other things you're thinking about. Number nine, what positive difference do I want to make in the world? Uh, number ten, what do I want people to say about me at my funeral?
0: You know, I always think that's such an interesting question because so often we have these um, lists and items of things we want people to say after we're gone, and yet we um, we aren't doing things to get there. So why wait until you're dead <laughs> to think, oh, I wonder if they're saying that about me, right? Let's strategize around getting there now.
1: And I'm going to share with you... Uh what my best friend said in answer to that question, my best friend uh, of about 40 years was a gentleman by the name of Pat Meany. He was brilliant and funny and uh, I, I, we lost him a couple of years ago. And, but prior to that, he answered that question. He said, all I want is that people say I endeavored well. This – all of these questions uh, and the answers to these questions are very, very personal. Number 11, regarding the time I invest in, very activity, in various activities, what is the ideal balance for me? You know, do, do you, do you want to be at the office all the time? Do you want to uh, – you know, have a lot of time to uh, play sports or a lot of time with your kids. Uh, there's too many people in the world who keep saying, I don't get enough time with my kids. Well, whose fault is that? Make a decision. If if you really, you know, or otherwise, just admit it. You know, you're making choices where you don't spend that t- time with your kids. And there may be good reasons for that. You may be supporting, you know, setting them up to go to college and you have to work extra hours. And but, And you can wish that you had more time. But Uh, Sometimes it's just making a decision. And and number 12, what do I want my legacy to be? So uh, these are not necessarily easy questions. And as, as we have pointed out, the way you answer these questions will change as you move through your life. And that's the way it ought to be.
0: You know, when we were preparing for this episode, one of the things that dawned on me is that I love this time of year because I'm able to reflect on what, what, um, what this past year has brought and what this next year hopes to bring. And, you know, I think that's what we've been talking about today. You know, owning your own development, considering this, taking some time to self-reflect, asking yourself, what does success look like to you? And then strategizing how to go there. So Kim, last final thoughts on developing and investing in your own growth today.
2: Yeah, that, that, image that Larry gave us in the very first segment about the person who had the picture of herself as a 12-year-old on her bathroom mirror um, and and asked, would I be proud, would my 12-year-old self be proud of the person I am today? I think that's a great question. And and another one that comes to my mind is having that same picture and looking at that same picture and saying, would I be as hard on this 12-year-old as I'm being on myself today? Um, sometimes we have to have that self awareness and we have to have that drive to self development. We also have to give ourselves a little grace
0: along the way.
1: Last thoughts, Larry? I think we're ready to wrap up.
0: Hmm. Yeah. As we head into this new year, we are so thankful that you've taken some time to spend it with us here at Managing to Make a Difference. Pick up your copy today. Um, I promise you, you will not regret it. It will be great tactical ways as you walk into 2018 to really move your team and your organization forward at a really high level. So have a great day, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
4: Thank you for joining us for Managing to Make a Difference with Talent Plus's Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. We hope these real-life management examples will help you manage teams across the globe. Just a reminder, this series airs on Voice America, the business channel, each Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We hope you'll tune in next week for Managing to Make a Difference. Until then, put these practices into place and manage to make a difference.